whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Josh, thank you so much for taking time. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me. How are you? You've got your voice back. <laughs> it's, it's back a little bit. It's not 100%. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm in rehearsal and I am honestly, I'm not rehearsing much. I'm like, I'm rehearsing playing, but I'm not, I'm not singing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, totally yes. I have a couple more days. Yeah. Yes, because I, I saw the video online, like on your socials, and you were, yeah, I know, I, I, I felt, I felt the pain. <laughs> normally, normally that kind of thing would like really bum me out and put me in a bad mood, but I don't know. I, I just took a different approach with it this time. And like the first show that we did, we thought we were going to cancel. I, ru like, I, I was rushed to a doctor to see if it was even possible if they could give me anything to get me through it. And, um, what he gave me helped but i i still couldn't sing and i just went on stage and i was like i'm so sorry I, like in my broken voice i was like i just can't i can't risk canceling shows uh, it's, it, we're just gonna jam we're just gonna jam for for 40 minutes on a festival stage in front of thousands of people and i just unplugged the microphone and we just jammed for it it was actually a blast yeah it was super fun i think there was like a handful of people who were very disappointed but um i mean how crazy how crazy is it that you can actually <laughs> say you are playing shows again Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's so cool. Um, you you played uh, in the US already a few gigs and you were at Reading at Leeds. How was that for you, being back on stage, thousands of it people in front of you? It was awesome, although I think I caught whatever this is from Reading, so. Ah, okay, okay. But, you know. Yeah, but it was great. Yeah, and we we shouldn't forget that there are other things like just normal flus as well, not just the coronavirus. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, but um, now you are just about to release your uh, new record. Um, your debut album, Okay, I'm Sick, was really successful. Um, there was uh, the single Ghost on it that even got gold uh, status. And now the second record, um, you know, that one is always highly anticipated. Um, yeah. This is How the World Ends is going to be released uh, the 24th of uh, September. How did you deal with the pressure of, of it just being the second album? Uh, we try not to think about that. Okay. That's, that's like the worst, that's like, that's the worst thing you can think about is, oh, it has to be better than the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course that's, it's not, it's impossible to not think about it. You think we think about it a little bit, but really we just focused on trying to write the best songs possible and make them sound the best and being the most genuine to ourselves and the nature of our surroundings. And that's what we did. I was lucky enough to um, get a listen into it. And honestly, I really love it. I think it fits you, you so well. It's very diverse. Um, yeah. So uh, talking about the writing process, um, how was it for you this time? I mean, when did you start writing it? Um, you wrote it during the pandemic as well? Yeah, I mean, most, most of the songs, I, I think, were at least finished during the pandemic. We started the record-making process before it all happened. And... Uh, It actually changed our whole trajectory and our, the whole process of doing it because, I mean, we had planned on basically locking ourselves down anyway before it was mandatory. Um, but we were in Nashville for something. I think I was in Nashville for something personal. I don't even remember how it happened, but we ended up getting stuck in Nashville. Um, and we, we didn't want to fly home because nobody was getting on planes and things were getting shut down and canceled. So we're like, all right, well, well let's just stay in Nashville. Um, and then I ended up moving there after that. Yeah, I heard about it. So <laughs> yeah, I left LA. I'm not to Nashville, but to Tennessee. And so we ended up finishing and, and like 
just moving our entire lives and the whole, you know, the, the band and everything to Tennessee during lockdown because we ended up stuck there and it just made sense. But, you know, usually you think like a band uh, wants to go to LA, you know, starting out and everything. LA is, I don't know, where the dreams come true. And now um, you move to, to Nashville, which is the, the city of music. But would you go back to LA? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I, I don't. I don't dislike LA. It's, it's, it's just way too expensive for one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and the kind of lifestyle that I personally enjoy living is a lot more difficult. Like it's, it's actually impossible in LA. Okay. Um, it's not even possible in Nashville. I mean, I, I didn't move personally. I didn't move to Nashville. I moved to Tennessee. I wanted like a lot of land and barns and structures and, and, uh, an animal rescue eventually. And so like, I'm like getting my roots in the ground for that sort of thing, which just can't be done in LA. Yeah. Oh, that sounds very grounded. Very cool. <laughs> well, it's the only grounded thing that I have in my life. And, and I think it was like during the pandemic was the perfect opportunity to, to, to try at least. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, now that we're back like touring and doing all this, it's back to just chaotic floating around on planes, on buses, on vans, you know, just being crazy. Um, so yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have that to come back to and just have something like outside of music to, to work on. Yeah, but that's cool. I'm glad you could do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and getting back um, to your record, uh, you produced it all by yourself this time, right? Yes. How was that for you and the guys? I mean, you did the, the EP before, right? But yeah, yeah. It it, so it was like, it felt like the same, it was the same process that we went through when we made our first EP, which was, I mean, we, we were literally in a garage at the time we were like between record labels. So nobody was funding it. We, we, we just had a laptop and I knew, a, a, I knew some of the buttons to press on, on the software. Like I didn't, we, we didn't know much, but we went into it and we just like used our ears and we used our intuition and we did it. This was like the updated version of that, I think. Mm -hmm. So it still feels very DIY because it is DIY, but we're just a lot more experienced and, and uh, we're a lot more certain about our sound as well. So that it's just, that helps, but it was very stressful. It's hard. It's, it's hard being in that situation and taking on a project like a full length album and not having anybody else to lean on. Mm -hmm. Normally yeah. you have a producer and, and other people who you're just like, okay, well, I, I'm all, I'm spent. So then somebody else takes it and they, you know, do what they do. We, we never, we never, we weren't able to do that, but that was also like, that's, that's part of what makes this album special and so genuine. Yeah, that's what that, that's what I wanted to say. Like, it's 100% you, and I think it fits yeah. really well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so can you give us a slight overview of uh, what's the new record uh, about? It's called um, This Is How the, How the World Ends. Um, what's yeah. it about? It's about so many things. It's about nothing nice. Hmm. There's, no, there's nothing <laughs> pleasant on there. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's just a lot of... Um, It's, it's, it's a lot of attitude and feelings and emotions and situations and, and characters and development, I guess, um, that feel very appropriate to the, the time we're living in now. That it's, it's, I mean, I, similar to the approach we took with OK, I'm Sick, which was, we, we, I mean, we, we really, with OK, I'm Sick, we really wanted to make a rock record that sounded like a rock record. Or sound, I mean, at least sounded like a record that we sonically wanted to hear and wanted to make, but that fit in the generation and in the time period that we were, we were writing it. And, um, that was 20, I think 2017 to 2018, right. When that was written. And so this being written in 2020 and 2021, uh, there's, it's, it's a, this is a very loud time period. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it, I, I think it's, like it. I think it's reflective of that. 
<laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, there are some songs on the record um, that uh, I really want to talk about. There are songs like uh, Don't Hate Me or uh, Family. They're very personal. I mean, you're known for, um, you know, writing personal songs as well <laughs> and uh, maybe also not that nice topics. Um, yep. But for all the listeners that haven't uh, listened to the song Family yet, can you tell us what's that one about and why that one is so important for you? Um, it's about, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's coming to a realization about my, my role in my family dynamic and, and in my friendships as well. It's actually, I mean, it's called family and it is specific to that, but it's really just about my experience with my entire social life. And, um, and, and, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I certainly didn't write this for, for it to, to be relatable to other people, although a lot of the comments back have been that people relate to it. But for me, I, I get very obsessive with my creative life and my career, so much so that I neglect every other aspect of my life. And so I neglect every every relationship. And 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 I think uh, I think there's a couple reasons why I do this that that stem back to childhood and, and, and whatever else. But it's turned me into a person that I don't really like when I look at myself from the outside. I don't really like that behavior. I don't like that person. I like that I'm able to create. I'm very lucky that I, I do. And I like the things that I create. But I'm like, at what cost am I am I becoming this person? Like I'm being being very reclusive. I have very little social life and, and my relationship with my family is bad. And I and it's always been easy for me to blame other people for that. Like that was the biggest part of this was growing up. I, I could, I could draw so many connections, like a therapist, like an actual therapist has in my life connections to my past. And, Oh, well, this is my, my dad did this and my mom, you know, this is, and this is, and, and those things are all true. Um, but at a certain point, like now, now that I'm 31 years old, I have to realize if I'm not actively trying to fix these problems, it's my problem now. And I'm the villain. And that was a, that was a huge moment to realize that like that everybody else in my life who maybe was involved in some way have, have done everything they can to try to just be in my life in all the best ways. And, 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 you know, any wrongs that they maybe have done, they've, they've just done all they can to make up for it. Now it's like the ball is in my court and I'm, I'm the one keeping this dynamic odd. And, uh, so writing the song actually inspired me to, to, to change that. <clears throat> so that and, was good. And how was how was how were the reactions of your family? I mean, you you released that song already as a single, so they were able to yeah, hear it. yeah. That uh, it was it was emotional, but it was good. I didn't. I I gave I gave them like I had a big chat, like a big talk before I and, and I and I didn't like I gave them the song and and the video actually showed them all of that before it came out, like a few days before mm -hmm. it came out. It was just like. I got to talk about this. Like, here's, here's my spiel. Here's my big speech. And, and I'm sorry. And, um, I, I want to be better and this is whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. but it was but actually, it ended up being so much easier, uh, to have that conversation than I thought it was like this big looming thing that I was so terrified to, to talk about. And then once I actually did, it was like, this is easy. Yeah. Isn't it mostly like that? Like you're yeah. afraid of doing something and then you do it and then it's quite okay. Or even better. Yeah. That happens all the time where like yeah. you, you just, you build something up in your head and then when you actually get to it, you're like, this is nothing. It's cake. 
That's good. That's good. Um, then there's also another song that is called Don't Hate Me. Um, that song is also already released as a single. Um, can you give our listeners uh, an insight of that song as well, please? Yeah, I mean, that one is... Uh, the lyrics were actually... Is This is one of those rare situations where the lyrics were inspired by the music. Like, we... we I, I had... Um, I think I had just the chorus written. I knew what the song was, like, generally about. Um, but it wasn't until we had the whole breakdown moment. And when we were like jamming it together, we we're like, this, this just doesn't really sound like our band. Like we don't do these chug to chug kind of like music yeah. moments. That's not normally what we do, but it sounds so good. And it's so much fun to play. Like we have to do it. It's so fun. Um, but then that inspired the entire theme of the song, which is changing yourself, changing your, your image, your appearance, like everything about your personality to, to suit somebody else, like to try to be liked by somebody else. And we took this like fully meta approach with it and decided to do that within the structure of the song. Like me being the singer, I'm changing the sound of my band to be liked by this person. I, I just thought that was a really clever concept. And so we ran with it and that's, that's what that is. Yeah. But I think it does fit your rhythm. <laughs> like when I hear the song, I am like, okay, this is bad flower. And uh, you know, even if yeah. it's different, but like change is good. So that's what I always say. Um, yeah. Talking about um, different styles and everything, um, like I said before, the album is very diverse. Um, there's one song on it, it's called Stalker, and that is very experimental. I totally love that song. Thank um, you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not released yet, but it will be on the record. Um, this is how the world ends. Um, how did that song, Stalker, come about? Um. <sighs> Man, I, this is the first, I don't think I've been asked about that song really yet. So I, I love it. It's, I, it's I, one I of my favorites. It. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of our favorites too. I know it's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to love it and a lot of people are going to absolutely despise it and try to like take us down because of it. Because I just, I know how people are. Um, it, it's, a, it's, it's, obviously it's not about me. It's not about myself. I'm not, but I'm singing in the first person and that there's, a, there's this theme throughout this um album where I do that a lot and I put myself in, in the shoes of of a different character and I think the reason I'm able to do that I, unfortunately I have to say this like I could have been that person mm -hmm. and so there's like anytime I write something where I'm I'm the villain in, in some way that that isn't actually me isn't my actual personality but usually it's because I can I can I can like draw a line to my actual personality to that behavior and I can think about different aspects of my life that could have shifted or been different in childhood or like, you know, if I looked different, if I, if I had a different friend, like whatever, if, if, if things in my life had been different, I could see how the mentality of this type of person that I'm singing as, I could see how I could have been that. And it's being able to recognize that, that allows me to not be that and to never be that. Um, But it's fascinating and it's terrifying that there's this this culture of people who who think this way and act this way. And um, I just, you know, this is my my form of creativity is writing about it in these ways. And so that's what I did. But also talking about the riffs and everything, it's, you know, it's heavy. It's, it's Oh, yeah. And musically, it's just super fun and like awesome. Yeah, yeah. we had a blast <laughs> making it. Were you, were you afraid or were you just like, no, we don't give a shit like this is us? And No, I wish I could tell you we don't give a shit, but we definitely give a shit. Um, and we definitely are afraid now still, No, but at the, but at the same time, well, but at the same time, like I, I put a lot of thought into this, like this wasn't, I mean, a lot of the moments of this album 
that I think might offend people or might make whatever. Like they weren't knee jerk. They, they might have been like knee jerk. Uh, like I, there was a knee jerk reaction to want to write the song or just like have the idea. But then once the stuff was all done and, and, and finished and we listened to it critically, we really took our time thinking about uh, whether or not like th- this whole record represented us as people. And, um, and I think if anybody is like, I don't know if anybody wants to call it out and, and be offended by it or, or, or say why, why it's such a bad thing to, to sing in this way or to talk about these things, like then we're just, we're not really compatible people. Like, mm. cause I think it's important to write like this. And I think, I think even a song like soccer, I think it's like, this is, this is the way I make art. This is the way I, I, I approach these types of things that are, that are sort of dark and weird. And, um, if somebody disagrees with that, then it's like, we have a fundamental difference in what we think is acceptable and important and, and, and what, what we consider to be art as well. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, and that's okay. I just have to accept that. Like, I can't please everybody. Our band can't please everybody. And we also can't, like, we refuse to censor ourselves or dumb ourselves down in order to just be like, attempt to be liked by everybody. Like, that's no fun. That's no, that's no way to live life, especially yeah. from like a creative job. So yeah, I, I, I think we've reached the point now where we can say, fuck it, we don't care because, because we care and because we've put the effort in already. I mean, it is, it is brave, but <laughs> that you're evolving and I think it definitely pays off. Like, like I said, I love the song. <laughs> Thank you. Also, what I really love about your band is that you, you, you just say the things out loud, you know? So there's yeah. one song that's uh, quite social critical as well. It's called Everyone's an Asshole. Yeah. So how important is it for you to also reach people and to make them think about things in the world? Um, it, I, don't, I don't, honestly, it's not that important because I don't know, I don't know that I'm, I'm a very good authority on telling people what they should think. Hmm. Um, and this is actually, this is like one of the positive things that 2020 and 21 have taught me. It's like, you don't, you don't always have to be an activist <laughs> the same way that everybody else is always an activist and you could be critical. I mean, this, it's, it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely frowned upon right now to be critical of like the people who are in your own group or on your team. But that's what, that's the only thing that I think I, I really can say that I think is important is that, um, we need to stop just going with the flow of our group and, and, uh, and stop judging people who are different from us. And, and uh, I don't know, I think we need, we need more diversity of thought. And right now there's no diversity of thought. There's you think this way and you act this way and you talk this way or you're the enemy. Yeah. And it's making everybody enemies of everybody and it's making everybody an asshole. And that's how I feel. And that's just kind of my feeling on it. So, why I think that song is cool. It's, it's, it's so not a political song. It really isn't like, it's just about our behavior as people and this, like the, the way that we've sort of divided ourselves into clicks and, how, and, and my perception of that and how I think that's really damaging and, and it's not helping us progress and, uh, and just make the world a more loving and, and safe place. It's making it a bit more insane. That's yeah. how I feel about it at least. So no. if, if, if that's my only activism on this, it's that it's like everybody chill and everybody start listening to each other and have a bit more empathy. And, uh, and maybe we can actually approach these problems and, and, and try to fix them rather than just being angry, like signaling that we're angry about them. Like we get it. We're all angry that the world is in chaos right now. And, and every, every facet, like open up a drawer, it's going to be chaos. Like nothing is organized. It's all bad. Let's, uh, 
let's Chill. approach this different because this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's 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 a perception that I got got from it. So let's, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so there's uh, 13 songs on it. Um, which one was the most difficult for you to write? Ooh, because um, that I, one I, th that one was hard. Uh, Everyone's an asshole was hard. Okay, just on a technical level because there was so much that I wanted to say. Um, and also in, in the process of writing songs like that, I, I realize where I stand on things. Like sometimes I don't even know until I start writing and then I write something down and I read it back. And I'm like, is that actually how I feel though? You know, what? it's not like I, it, that's not actually how I feel. This is how I feel. And so there was a, like that song was, uh, there was many, many pages of, of discarded lyrics for that song. Um, but none of them were like, terribly hard the ones that were really really hard ended up not making the album and they might like they might resurface on on future albums if they're able to get finished hmm. are you already working on your stuff i mean it's very early to say no that, no like literally not at all when the, okay. as soon as this was done it was it, it, that we're done now it's like let's make music videos let's think about what the, the live show is going to be now it's like a whole different creative aspect of it but no writing Okay. Well, uh, like I said, there are 13 songs on this new record. Um, this is how the world ends. Comes out September the 24th. Um, but we are missing two songs on that one that you released before. Um, we thought maybe they would be on this record as well. It's called, uh, they are called Fuck the World and Brody. Love those songs, by the way. Brody Thank you. Was, I, I played it like all day long. Um, <laughs> both songs um, are and were in our top 20 charts as well here on Rock Antenna, by the way. Oh, cool. Um, why did these two songs uh, not make it on the on the record? Um, they well, thirty at least was initially written for the album in the same way. Like thirty, thirty was in the same batch of songs as as all the album songs. Uh, Fuck the world wasn't. Fuck the world was was. It had a very different story in life, but um, I don't know. Both of those songs just with, with the way the world changed, it just felt like we wanted to preserve them as their own little moments. Mm -hmm. And just move forward from that point with this whole new body of work. And I, 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 we, we had so many songs that we wanted to squeeze on. We didn't want a 15 song album because if those two songs would have went on it, like we probably would have taken out others just for the sake of like keeping it mm -hmm. well packaged. And those two songs just didn't end up fit fitting lyrically with the rest of, of the content. So, yeah, it does make sense, though. And yeah. we want to hear all the new music as well. Yeah. <laughs> and there, are, and the thing is, like, I think some people have been disappointed. They're like, "Oh, I'm bummed." 30s on. I'm like, "What? You have the song. Like, yeah. does it matter if it's on this? If it's like listed with? <laughs> it's so bizarre to me. Like, it just it's all it's it's out. I know. The most um, important thing is that it is out, and that's yeah. So that's good. Um, and your your debut single, Soap, um, was released six years ago. So um, we were wondering uh, if you could travel back in time, you know, to the year 2015, what would you tell yourself back then? With knowing everything that you know right now in the moment. I wouldn't tell myself anything. Why not? Honest, honestly, because I, I, I... What am I... I mean... I, Every, every, everything that happened from that point till now, like, especially the bad stuff and the mistakes and the rest of it, like, that's, that's what made, at least for me, that's what made me who I am from that point. I mean, my entire life, I don't think there's any point in my life that I would go back and like, try to give myself advice or change something. I would let it, it's got to happen. It's got to happen the way it happened. 
Okay. Well, that is really interesting as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'd be different. I'd end up different. I mean, it's, it depends on it depends on which theory of time travel we're going with here. Like, am oh, I gonna right. am I gonna yeah. am I gonna arrive back into my body having ch- been changed by the advice given? Is it, it gonna you know? Because if that's the case, I wouldn't tell myself anything. If I if it was like an alternate reality split off deal, I might just for fun and experiment say something like. Yeah, now we're know. talking about all the different theories, yeah. or like in in Marvel with the yeah, time. Yeah, which which, time which Marvel universe is this? Which Loki am I talking? To? Yeah, I I know. Oh, that was so good though. Anyway, <laughs> have you seen the show? Yeah, I love Loki. I, I I'm a I'm a big fan of all of them actually. Yeah, same here, same here. I'm really excited how how there's a comic about it as well. I think. Anyway. Um, getting back to your music. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, uh, we cannot wait uh, until we can hear all your music live again. Um, you have some uh, live shows uh, lined up <laughs> for um, Germany as well in February and March next year. You're going to stop in Hamburg, Berlin, Münster, Cologne and Munich as well. Um, which songs are you most looking forward to play live and why? <laughs> Ooh, I mean, we're just in rehearsals now. Like I just got to a rehearsal spot. So we've only gone through a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Johnny wants to fight is going to be probably the most like high energy at the show. So I'm really excited about that one. Maybe stalker as well. I'm sorry. I cannot wait. No, for no, no, no. I, I agree. <laughs> stalker also will be, but because Stalker's not out yet, I just don't, yeah. I have no idea. It's hard. It's hard to gauge. At least like Johnny wants to fight's out. So I know that people love it. And I know, like, I just know that's going to go off live. That's true. That's true. Um, what else is planned for the future? Are there any acoustic uh, sessions planned, acoustic uh, recordings like you did for Ghost, for instance? Um, no, we never plan those. The record label tells us we have to do something and then we do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, at some point, they'll be like, ah, oh, this radio station wants an acoustic version of something. We'll be like, all right, cool. Dope. All right. We'll, well, you know, come by anytime, you know, where we live. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Perfect. Well then, thank you so much, uh, Josh, for taking time. Uh, it was a real pleasure. And next time, I really hope to, you know, see you in person again when hopefully everything is safe and sound again. Yes, likewise. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.